Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with Dan Rector from the Asphalus Advisors team, and I'm so excited about that. Before we get started, I wanted to share a few resilience resource reminders with you. Number one, remember to take our listener survey. You can find the link in the show notes. We really want to hear from you all as our listeners. Number two, DRJ, they host a webinar every Wednesday. You can find a link to the webinar page in the show notes, as well as access the Disaster Recovery Journal for updated articles and thought leadership. And lastly, you can find more events coming up with DRJ at drj.com slash events. And as follows news, you can feel free to be a guest on the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. You can check the link in the show notes if you want to submit an application to be a future guest. Also, you can go to our website and download the five-step crisis strategy guide. The link is also in the show notes for you. And if you'd like to request Vanessa Matthews to be a speaker for you and your program, you can also request that there in the show notes. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you download your podcast. This helps more listeners to find us, and it also helps us to know that we're adding value for you. So we're ready to get started. Um, I want to go ahead and introduce Dan Rector. He's the Business Resilience Advisor with Asphalus Advisors. And the topic for his episodes today is diversity is more than skin deep. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, Vanessa. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited. And what our subscribers don't know is you're the person behind the scenes that's been helping to get these podcasts scheduled and help coming up uh, with our content. So can you share a little bit of insight on who you are, what your background is, and how you um, got into this field? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the one that, you know, I reach out to all the guests and they kind of see me. So it's good to be on the other side. Um, so my background, uh, primarily from the military. So like a lot of people that kind of come into emergency management of my generation, 9-11 was a big, a big influence. I was in 10th grade uh, when it happened, walking down the hallway, skipping class because I was a horrible student and didn't want to be in school. Uh, um, so fast forward, my choices were pretty much get a job after high school, join the military. My dad was in the Coast Guard for 34 years. So I moved around my whole life, different military bases, and it just seemed like a natural fit. So did six years active duty with the Coast Guard, had a five-year break uh, where I went back to normal life, worked as an EMT, went to school, got my uh, associate's bachelor's master's degree. Um, so I kind of went from a kid that hated school, you know, barely graduated college to, to getting all those degrees. And I'm actually a doctorate student right now. So it's kind of funny when you think about it that way. I ran a business for a short period of time. Uh, never going to do that again. During that five-year break, uh, came back into the National Guard, and I was actually lucky enough to get brought on full-time, which most people don't even know you could do in the National Guard. So my full-time job was on a civil support team. So we focused on weapons of mass destruction, 
Seaburn, so chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear weapons. We worked with state, local, federal agencies, um, schools, local businesses, and just kind of help them prepare for events like that. Unfortunately, this past year, I suffered a pretty good back injury in Army school and was medically retired from the military. And then I got lucky enough to be, uh, meet Vanessa, and she brought me on her team and threw me into the fire. <laughs> and uh, now I kind of work with businesses, leaders, and my, my main goal is to help them think through leadership development, think through risks uh, within their organizations and just kind of prepare them for the unexpected. So first, thank you for your service, Dan, and thank you for um, the work that you do here uh, to support the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, but also the work that you do with the Spalas. Yeah, no problem. I, lo I love it. Awesome. So this topic, diversity is more than skin deep. Tell me, how did your military experience shape your views when it comes to diversity? So if you want to think about it, you know, quickly, everyone goes to boot camp, right, military, and you're thrown into this chaotic situation with, depending on your branch of service, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 different people, all different walks of life, um, you know, all different thoughts. I was telling you the other day. You don't know, but all different smells, right? You show up and you're all thrown into this big giant building room and people smell different and you just got to figure it out. And that I kind of like that because I was very introverted and shy growing up. I don't know if it's because I was moving around a lot. I never really made friends other than the ones on the military bases because you, you show up and you're just kind of like, okay, these are your friends, right? Growing up in that atmosphere, you hang out with who's there, right? You're all in this fence, literally a barbed wire fence and who's there, those are your friends. So when I, outside of that, I had a hard time making um, new friends. And then I feel like military kind of forced you, hey, you're all here, you're on this team, you got to work together. You move to different stations. And when you show up, you get welcomed. Everyone on your team, those instantly become your friends. And that's just kind of the culture. Now, don't get me wrong, right? It's like any other organization. There's bad apples. There's people who are, you know, not nice, that are racist, that don't like people. But for the most part, in my experience was, the majority of people got along well and they accepted one another because you were kind of forced to. And it just kind of opened my eyes that it, it doesn't matter what someone looks like. It doesn't matter where they come from. You know, my bunk mate could have been from Alabama. One of my good friends in the Coast Guard was from Guam. And it, you just kind of came together and meshed and you got to learn about these people's backgrounds. And it forced you to realize that we're not that different. So question that I just thought about how do you think the military has been able to get this right? And our society, <laughs> we're still struggling with that. So I don't know if they did it on purpose, right? So I think it's just kind of an opportunity type of thing. And I talk to a lot of kids, you know, to this day about the opportunities that the military provides, because a lot of them just don't know. You get paid, you get fed, you get clothing, you get free training, you get access to college. So it's a good, it's a draw, right? No, there's no other real career or business that can offer you all those things. If you're in a bad situation, a bad neighborhood, you can just immediately get pulled out of that. So I think it's, it's a lot of the benefits. On the, the downside, there's a lot of discipline involved. Your, your freedoms are a little bit limited, right? You can't go do whatever you want, whenever you want to do. So it forces you to grow up and, and kind of be responsible. But I think that that opportunity is what's there. Like you can't go work for another company and they're like, Hey, we're going to give you a bed. We're going to give you a clothes. We're going to feed you. And if you know, you need to get to work, we're going to let you live on at, at work. Right. And you could just walk to the office every day. Like it doesn't exist. So for people coming from nothing, you know, it's an opportunity to grow. So I think that's, you know, that's their health insurance. Like that's another big thing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, 
<laughs> U.S. government, if you're listening. Here's <laughs> another thing too that I just thought about. A lot of training, right? So they they know it's 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 an issue. So there's a lot of diversity training, equality training, sexual harassment training. Whether it works or not is another argument, but there is that effort and you're exposed to it from day one to let you know it's important versus um, some of the civilian organizations I've been a part of that's not there. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great, great point. Um, so a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. Um, what is your specific experience leading diverse teams? And like, what is your perspective on why diversity is just bigger than skin deep? So in the military, again, you lead who you're given, basically. So you show up somewhere like, hey, this is your team. So whether it's African-American females, African-American males, um, people of Spanish descent, you know, my good friend was from Guam, all these different people, you learn about their cultures, you learn about their backgrounds. And if you want to be a good leader, you have to take the time to sit down and talk to them and learn about their family situations, their dynamics. People, you get to learn that they think different ways about their parents, you know? So I've seen different cultures think about their parents in different ways. They think about, you know, extended family different ways and you just absorb all these things. On the opposite side, if you weren't being a good leader and you weren't sitting down with these people, you could go through your whole career and never experience any of those things, but you have to make the effort to, and you could do this in any organization, right? To actually sit down and talk to those people and you get to learn about them. And then you realize we're more same than we are different. And what you might have thought about someone, your prejudices because of what they look like is not necessarily the case. I did a presentation by the time this podcast is aired a few weeks ago with the Business Continuity Professional Association. Shout out to Lincoln and Kathy. And uh, we were talking about diversity and this very you know, topic about um, there's so many different dimensions that we should take into consideration specifically for our profession because we... Um, we could we have some opportunity when it comes to diversity across the entire spectrum. So mm-hmm. a lot of what you're saying just reminded me of a conversation that we had with them in that group. Um, last question for you. How has working for a woman-owned minority business made you more aware um, or maybe change your perspective on diversity and other cultural things? So first thing, I love your approach. And I don't know if you meant this this way or not, but when you brought me on, one of the things you said was, we don't have anyone in the military on our team. And I was like, oh, I like your thought that that was a, you know, what a feather in my hat, it gave me a bonus, you know, got me on the team. But I like that you you saw you're not as diverse as maybe you thought. You saw an opportunity to increase that diversity. And that, so that kind of sent me on a whole different trajectory of thinking about stuff that I never thought about. So I kind of created this whole, dialogue in my head and started really digging into this topic. And I'm like, you know what? Right now, there's such a focus on diversity, but as a society, we're way too focused on what people look like. And there's too many organizations that are just doing it for show, right? They want to have as many different colors and genders up there as they can because it looks good. But just be, if you have 10 different people that are all different shapes, sizes, and colors, but they all came from the same background, they have the same training, they think the same way, you are not as diverse as you think, you know? Keys, man, keys. you can have i think you can have five people that look the same but think completely differently and be more diverse than an organization that looks different right and it's all about thoughts and when, when organizations say they want diversity i think they want those diverse thoughts and those diverse experiences and there's value right don't get me wrong i'm not saying there's not value to people of different genders and cultures because they experience things 
but you need to make sure at the heart of it, you're going after those people with those different experiences. So working from you really opened my, my eyes to that. I didn't, you know, I don't have a problem working for, for women. I worked for women my whole career. Um, you know, my wife's a woman, so, <laughs> and, and I think though, I think that shapes my views a lot. So we work together, you know, me and Dana, my wife as, as partners and everything we do is in this partnership. And it's not that I'm more superior than you or you're more superior than me. And I view that same way in the workforce. You may be the boss, but I'm not a yes person, right? I'm not just going to say yes, because I want to, I want to challenge you and I want to challenge myself to be better. And I think there's value in that. And having those dialogues that go back and forth, I'm able to hear your thought leadership and see what's important to you because you have a different upbringing, a different background than me. And I have never been exposed to that because even in the military, you know, we don't have to worry about the wealth gap and we don't have to worry about where we're going to live or opportunities because everyone is just thrown into the same pile. We have different backgrounds, but what you brought out got me just thinking about some different things that, that I never did. And that's kind of my whole goal. I just want to have these relationships with as many people as I can and expand, you know, my mind and, and then make informed decisions. Yep. So a couple of things. One, if you were standing in a room, every one of us and all of our subscribers would be hand clapping right now. So we're going to give you a virtual round of applause. <laughs> um, also, again, it goes back to a presentation that I did with the Business Continuity Professional Association. And the question was, how do you grow and develop more from a leadership perspective? And I think what Dan's talking about are things that he is personally doing to strengthen his leadership skills and his capabilities. I hope you heard him loud and clear. He is not a yes man. So for all of you out there that are wondering how do you survive in your career, I think you have to learn how to um, own your voice and be confident in your voice and to speak that truth and do not compromise on that value because it's important to you. Um, so I'm going to add something to that quick, Vanessa. So I think yeah. leaders need to be open to allow their people that voice. Don't crack down on people and stifle them. Be open to, to hearing. But that doesn't mean that you have to accept what they say, right? A leader is still a leader in the end and makes the decision. But give your people the freedom to speak and to talk and to offer their opinion. And that'll let you experience all those diverse thoughts that they have. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> Just don't have anything more to add to that, sir. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So where can our listeners find you? <laughs> uh, right now in my basement. <laughs> so I'm on LinkedIn. I don't know if I'm the only Dan Rector, but you can find me for as follows advisors. Uh, that's pretty much the most spot. If you want to find us on our website, send me an email. Uh, those are kind of the two big spots. Awesome. And his email is director at asfalasadvisors.com. Dan, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fun. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asfalas Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.